1: A run! It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this.
2: Adidas. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in everybody this is the mile high podcast I will be your co-host Scott Kennedy along with this guy over here Zach Kelberman as Chad Jensen who I'm sitting in for say says you know him you love him I'm a little iffy on that one myself Zach. but um how are you doing my friend let's let's just let's get that out of the way
1: feeling kind of blue Scott can't lie I'm feeling kind of orange and blue today because the reality is sinking in that at zero and two Historically, I think 9% of NFL teams have ever made the playoffs after starting 0-2. So I was very fired up last night, but still a little optimistic they can turn it around. Going into that game against Miami, though, if they lose that, the season really is over. And I just, I really can't believe we're back here so soon on September 18th, talking about tanking and Caleb Williams and blowing it all up. It's it's a trade, who to
2: sell. Yeah,
1: it's very sobering.
2: Yeah, and, and uh, what's interesting, and this is the part that's, that's really hard to believe. It's like, well, it's just two games, y'all. You could turn it around. It is, but Zach, pop quiz, hot shot. Speed, great movie. Uh, I've heard you do that one, so I knew you knew it. Um, who's got the number one overall pick right now and why? I think the Broncos have the, the Broncos the are Ronald sitting Ronald in pole position at number one because their strength of schedule so far has been the easiest in the national football. Game. <sighs> Not helping, Scott. That's helping. what's sobering. It's like, okay, it's 0 2, new team, new system. It's like, yeah, but man, you needed to come out of this. Here's the thing, though if there was ever a, a week three must win game, you go into Miami and beat the Dolphins first two weeks are flush they're gone it is a whole new start and everybody's on top of mile high. everybody's mile high again it's just the odds of that happening feel so remote that your hopes aren't there but the thing is we've talked about this offense and we'll get into where we got this quote from but the number it's the number one offense in the nfl per possession it's uh it's the defense that has been letting this team down and at times the defense has been okay and the offense hasn't been able to finish drives when they've needed to. It's like if it all comes together. Yeah, but what if it all falls apart? But if it all comes together, you can beat the Dolphins. But that's just a big if, Zach. But if you do, it's a new season.
1: Can I hear you say that one more time?
2: If you do. No, 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 no. The Broncos have the what? The number one scoring mm-hmm. offense per possession mm-hmm. in the entire NFL, according to. Rex Ryan. I haven't confirmed that myself. I believe him. I do. I believe him.
1: I, I do think in EPA, the Broncos are number one as well. I mean, there are cold heart stats that prove that Sean Payton's offense is working. And it's it's really not the offense's issue as to why they're 0-2. Um but yeah, you're right. They beat Miami. It's a new season. One and two, still a a, a, law, a deep hole to get out of. But the momentum, we talked about that last night a lot. The momentum the Broncos would uh, create from that upset. They're seven-point road dogs right now in that game. They go into Miami, road game, early afternoon, East Coast, 1 o'clock kickoff Eastern. They go in there and they beat Tua, and they beat Vic Fangio, who runs their defense now. Game on. But and they I have to see it to believe it, Scott.
2: Yeah, it's it's a show me at this point. It's like, oh, you fool me once, even you get me up 21 to three. Oh my God, it's on. Yeah. I want to use an expletive there to, you know, it <laughs> reminds, with kind of rhymes with meet the Fockers uh, of what, what you make us feel like when you do that and you're 21 to three and everything's flying to just yank the rug. I can't tell you how many times I've posted Lucy and Charlie Brown talking about various Atlanta sports teams and their choke jobs. You know, you you get them up, but you know who helps lift us up every week, all the time. Sam Bam coming in with a big super. Great to see you, Sam Bam. Hope you were doing well. He says, hey, guys, I'm finally fully convinced the Broncos sold their souls for Super Bowl 50. I just don't get it. I feel like they have been a broken record ever since Super Bowl 50. I'm done with getting my hopes up early from now on. For now on, go Broncos. Yeah, it's hard, though. I mean, hope is what makes the world go round. It's what makes you get out of bed in the morning. I name my my daughter's middle name is Hope. That's how important it is to me. Uh, I was a Greek mythology buff. When Pandora's box was opened, the only thing that did not get out was hope because if hope had escaped, hope was lost, humanity would have been doomed. Hmm. Hope is important. It's, it's what gets us going. But God, it's the hope that kills too, isn't it, Sam? What do you think, Jack, uh, Zach? You did it this time. I'm, I I'm in the clear.
1: I got halfway. First time, I got halfway. I didn't know that about Hope. That's actually pretty interesting. So mm-hmm. it, along with a a football discussion, it's also a history lesson on the MHH podcast. <laughs> I'm absolutely here for it. But Sam, I, I fully agree with you, you know, putting my fan hat on when it comes to the Broncos, which I don't like doing a lot. I like to be objective. It is crushing. We all got over the collective mess that was 2022 with Hackett, and we were all reinvigorated, rejuvenated with Sean Payton, Russell Wilson. First game was a stinker. We said, "Okay, well they can come back and beat the Commanders week two. They're home. They should win this game." And what do they do? They have a devastating collapse against a team they should have beaten. So I'm there with you now. I'm not going to talk so much crap on social media until the Broncos give me a reason to. And you're right. You said it, Scott. They're show me from now on, not tell me.
2: Yeah, that's that's the trenches, trenches, trenches. And the show me is the the, the heart of the Broncos for Breakfast podcast. Nick and I are both kind of skeptical uh, at heart. You're going to have to show me. Um, but it, it was, I mean, from a team building point of view, from a general manager point of view, I'm like, I'll be really intrigued to cover this team if things go in the tank. But I'm i am happy for y'all. I, I mean, I, I don't particularly care what the Broncos do, but I care about this community and I care about a lot of the people in this chat and I know how much it means to y'all. So I'm when when they're flying, I'm flying for y'all. Um, so want to say hello to some more folks that have come in, uh, Duke Rose coming in. He says, Hey, the way Rex was talking this morning, it seemed like he wanted the Broncos defensive coordinator job. Uh, he, he was, I'm not sure what show he was on. I was just, just looking at it. Um, but he went and said they, that he, they had the number one scoring offense per possession in the NFL. It's the defense letting them down. And if I was there, they would have had the number one defense. Ooh, we had a question last night. Zach was whose choice was it to not have Rex Ryan? Doesn't sound to me like it was Rex Ryan's choice, Zach, because I had said, you know, one of the possibilities could be that, Hey, he was just trying to get a better raise for his renegotiate his TV contract. So, Hey, I'm going to go back into coaching. Oh, you want to pay me more money? Great. No, I didn't get that feeling this time, Zach.
1: No, he was serious. And I'm going to read, I think it was on uh, get up this morning on ESPN, whatever. Uh, Rex Ryan said, and I quote here, their defense is supposed to be number one in the league. If I was going to be the coordinator, I don't know what the hell it's doing now. That's who's letting this team down. It's their defense. It's not the offense. I repeat, it's their defense. It's not the offense. And this is coming from someone in Rex Ryan who's had multiple top 10 defenses throughout his coaching tenure, unlike VJ, whose highest rank was 12th or 13th. And that was at his absolute best. So it sounds like absolutely Rex Ryan really did want the Broncos job. He wanted to work with Sean Payton, but Sean Payton, for whatever reason, looked elsewhere. He wanted Vic Fangio to come back. That didn't work out. He wanted VJ to come back. That did work out. But I think it was his first major fatal error as Broncos coach is going major back to VJSDC.
2: A salute to major fatal error. Um, <laughs> I, I think why he's running his mouth is why the reasoning doesn't have the job. Listen, we all know it's way more fun to be there live for Denver Broncos football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Denver Broncos and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect
1: seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. And if your plans change... Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors, that beautiful orange and blue. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Denver
0: Broncos. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all
1: For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of
0: America and a member FDIC.
2: That's what I think. They didn't want the, the circus that is Rex Ryan in there and the distraction, the ego in there. And, you know, I mean... If you're not old enough to remember his dad, his dad got in a fight on the sidelines as a defensive coordinator. I think that was with the Houston Oilers. Um, The thing is, Zach, God, the Broncos could use some of that right now. Yes, sir. You know, they they could use some Jerry Glanville, Gritz Blitz, Rex and Buddy Ryan attitude on the defensive side of the ball right now. We asked yesterday, I believe, like, who are the Warriors on this team? I don't know. And what's interesting, I don't know if you caught it in in Sean Payton's press conference, and he could have been using the royal we, but he was talking about the defense. We can play this clip later. And he said, we didn't help them out. And he was speaking about the offense. He didn't say the offense didn't help them out. He says, we didn't help them out, you know, with possession, with with field positions. We said, we didn't help them out with field position. Well, who is this we? is this we offense and you've like you said last night like you alluded to last night, you're the mirror image of yeah. of uh, Vic Fangio and you're not paying enough attention to the defensive side of the ball or are you gonna have to you know pull a, a uh, remember the Titans and say, you know you shape up that defense or I'm taking over you know or would he? I don't I don't know it's something's got to be done and he was pretty pissed yesterday and Zach, I I, I want to play that clip. Yeah. Um of him talking about the the defense when he was asked what did you think and it was pretty obvious that he uh he wasn't happy. He he came out and said it was poor. And then listen for the we didn't help them out and think what you have to say what 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 you read into that. Um here we go. I thought we were poor. Um we didn't help them with the field position with the turnover but a red zone defense was poor. First first down defense. You know, we're not fitting certain pressures. We got to look, you know, how much do we have in defensively? Same way. Um, I didn't think we played well. And we're going to see a lot better offenses than that. And yet, you know, I think in the second half, I I didn't like the rushing numbers that I thought we played well with in the first half, if that makes sense. Now, he used we a lot in there to give, you know, you talked about we the offense, we the defense. But... It just, it sounded a little, it caught my ear, Zach, when he says we didn't help him out with field position and the turnover. Like it's almost separate units. Sean's looking kind of old, isn't he? I, think <laughs> well, right. I read a line in a book about the character that they were referring to had reached that age where they go from being old to looking old. He's about nine years older than me. Oh, my God, I don't want to see what the next decade is going to do to <laughs> my face. <laughs> no, I don't think you, you got to worry about the stress that he has to deal with. Oh, you're you know, going to go from, okay, I don't look that bad to, oh, my God, what happened? And I don't uh, think- it's it's coming. So I, I try not to say anything about it because I know I know it's coming. But he's he's a, I think he's 59. He's 59. Well, what- We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. I don't want this to be a big circle jerk, Scott, but
1: I want to also echo a point that you made last night where you described the VJ hire or try to rationalize it by saying he's a former head coach. He's a former defensive coordinator in multiple places. Bring him aboard. Let him run the defense. I don't have to worry about anything. So I think that's also an accurate depiction of VJ's job title. He's the head coach of the defense. And I don't have a problem if Sean Payton leaves the defense in somebody else's hands and focuses on the offense. That's what coaches who have one specialty tend to do, like Vic Fangio. But did that guy have to be Vance Joseph? That's that was always my concern. If you're going to pull from a pool that includes Rex Ryan, that includes others who the Broncos were high on, how do you settle on VJ? And it's worse. It was VJ your plan A, or was he your plan D? That makes a little bit of difference too.
2: Yeah, I think Vic Fangio was plan A because he kind of made a joke about um, sometimes his honesty gets him a little trouble, I think. Um, Sean Payton, he says, you know, but we couldn't do that. Y'all ran him off before he got here, talking about the Broncos media and Broncos fans about Vic Fangio. So yeah, we wanted Vic. There's a quote. I've got a video somewhere of him saying that on the Broncos, on the MHH YouTube channel. Yeah, we wanted Vic, but y'all ran him off before he even got here. Wow. (laughs) But that's a moment of honesty, right there. Always coming in honest, Stu McPeak. What do I hear? We were talking Greek mythology a minute ago. Zeus. That's what I thought I heard. <laughs> I all love my Broncos, but what happened to our defense? Very disappointed. Lots of blame to go around. Momentum can make or break a game. Um, we overestimate the talent that's on this defense, and the defense that is there, the players that are there, aren't playing up to their capabilities. That's a bad combination. Zach, you asked me earlier how I felt in, in the aftermath.
1: Do I feel differently toward the loss yesterday? I think um a little less emotional and I'm coming to the grips with my own realization that the Broncos acceptance, talent levels,
2: the stages of denial and loss is acceptance.
1: I'm at acceptance right now. The Broncos defensive talent is not good enough in certain areas, Mm -hmm. but I still feel like if you had to choose a majority, a, a reason that's clear cut that why they're not performing, it's gotta be the scheme. I mean, Scott, if only because the Broncos have the same talent level, if not better this season than they had last year with Azero Evero a rookie coordinator running the show and how good did that defense look and perform by the numbers before the wheels came off the offense started sucking and the injury started taking hold so if Azero Evero can do it with the same players why can't VJ why the drop off
2: yeah they're not mutually exclusive you know the idea of are the players you know do you have a championship caliber roster on defense no are these players playing to their capabilities? No. Would this team be 2-0 with better defensive coordinator right a better defensive schematics right now? Yes. Yes. Uh, yes, I think they probably would. Does that mean it's a championship-caliber defense personnel-wise? No, it doesn't. It means there's still holes there that need to be filled. Everybody has some. But with the easiest schedule of the 0-2 teams, you're 0-2. And a lot of that falls on the defense. So, and Stu, like you said, momentum can make or break a game, but it goes back and forth. And having the home field advantage should even out things that are too, that are even, so to speak. And it, it didn't, it wasn't enough. And if you lose a fumble up 21 to three, and that costs you the game that you got bigger problems because it, it's not just a fumble that costs you a game, especially when you've been, you got an 18 point lead. Phil McLaughlin, and thank you, Stu. Appreciate you so much. So good evening, Zach and Deacon Scott. Rex said it best this morning. Coaching is a D's problem. And again, I'm not going to go binary on this. I'm not zero or one. There's there's blame to go. I I got a slider bar. Is it more personnel or is it more uh, schematics? For these first two games, as far as the win-loss column goes, I think it's been more schematics. Is this, cal- is this a playoff caliber, AFC caliber team? I would slide that one to personnel because I would say I don't care who is in charge of the defense. I don't think the roster is good enough to be an AFC championship type of team to challenge the Chiefs, et cetera, et cetera. But they're good enough to be 2-0 and without a doubt. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's not either or for me.
1: I think there's a lot of truth in that. It's a player issue and a personnel issue, and we can debate which one holds more blame, I think. We see mostly eye-to-eye on that. But what Stu was talking about with momentum is true, but here's my addendum to that. Good teams find a way to overcome a change in momentum when it goes against you, when you lose a fumble, when you throw a pick, when you go three and out, when something bad happens, good teams find a way to rally and pull it out. And the Broncos... The sad, sobering realization is that they're still not a good football team. They're still learning how to win, and they can't get out of their own way. Instead of snatching victory from the jaws of defeat, it works in the reverse. They're snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. So it's a top-to-bottom problem right now in in Broncos country that I thought was put behind us. But for
2: another year, it's not. All right, I'm going to go... I'm going to go deep thoughts with, uh, with Jack Handy on this one. And that momentum while can be play to play in a football game, it can also be years long. You know, you talk about this team and it's the same thing. They haven't learned how to win the culture culture that we hear about is a momentum of, of, of certain aspects. You have to reverse that culture because the negative momentum is weighing down on you that you don't know how to win. And that is a moving object, which is momentum the same way that you feel it in a game. Right now, the negative momentum on the Denver Broncos franchise, you can feel it. Prove me wrong. You can, you can feel it. And that's going to take a little bit of time to turn that around. Now, there's momentum within a game. But right now, the negative momentum on the Denver Broncos franchise, I read it in here every single day about, you know, from, from y'all, from guys like Phil and Naj, Michael, everybody's like, this feels like the same old, same old that's negative momentum. And that that's going to take some time. That's going to take some time to turn around. Um, But the good news is it can be turned around in the span of a few games. You start winning one again, that can be switched over as quickly with a new regime, a new head coach and a big win in Miami. It's as improbable as it sounds. It's still possible.
1: Make Little Caesars, the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day. Order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame one hour before NFL games and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour before kickoff.
0: appreciate
1: yeah, you, Phil. That's the beauty of football, though, Scott, isn't it? They win this game. We're not talking about tanking anymore. We're not talking about Caleb Williams anymore. The Broncos don't have the number one overall pick anymore. The entire season starts anew pretty much at one and two, still a big hole. But it's be- it becomes more realistic. It becomes more plausible. And you beat Miami, an AFC superpower, in their house when no one is giving you a chance. Not a single person on the face of the earth. Talk about momentum that can propel them the rest of the year. That's how big of a wave that would
2: create. Don't turn around and act like you just reinvented the wheel in the Dallas Cowboys and get up there and cross your arms and be all smug about it. You're still one and two and have a lot of work to do. That's how you can piss that momentum right down the drain, right, Vic? Uh, That was when he lost me. I didn't know much about Vic Fangio. That was my first year covering this team, and after that Broncos game, they they you went in and shellacked the Cowboys watching Vic Fangio in that press conference I'm like oh my god this team is done done this is who they're going to play for guys don't want to play for guys like this for a coach like this Michael says good evening Zach and Scott on the mile huddle podcast aftermath go Broncos and Buckham thank you Michael it's great to see you David McElrath coming in so good evening Broncos country Zach Deacon Scott and Dylan yes Dylan how are you doing my friend 12 and 5 still on the cards you're gonna have to go 12 and 3 to pull that one off Uh, MHH for life, Buckham times three, Denver Broncos for life. Thank you, David. Appreciate your support. Troy Boer coming in, coming in yellow. Always love, um, Ron White is now a contributor. He does his own podcast on here. And I always felt like whenever he came in, he was always getting props for his good questions. Troy's the same way. Comes in every day. Consistent as the the sun coming up and, um, consistent as the Broncos blowing a halftime lead. Zero nine, by the way. And ask great questions hey guys been out for four or five days anything important happen kidding hope we get things turned around on defense soon Allen needs to show up have a great show for me zach allen is schematic too you know we want to talk about he you play him inside you negate what he does well he's better maybe not as wide as a seven tech but at least five you know coming out coming out wider Um, I think he's more of a true defensive end than he is a three, four interior lineman. And I think that hurts. And on that note, Zach, um, we can revisit Zach Allen. Um, give me your thoughts on Zach Allen. Then I want to get into the the defensive lineman since we've been talking for 20 minutes and not hit on it. The defensive line that the Broncos signed
1: Zach Allen's tricky because he played under VJ in Arizona last year, and he was looking a lot better than what he's produced so far. I don't think it's a case where a player got a big contract and then kind of checked out. I think Zach Allen is going through it the same way every other player pretty much on the Broncos defense is going through it. And that's what leads me to believe, Scott, if it's not just one player or two players, if it's a a handful or a majority, that says to me it's a coaching issue on a wider scale. I don't want to be hypocritical, though, because I've said multiple times, I said it on uh, Sunday's podcast At some point, because it's not overall a talent deficiency issue, there's enough talent where they could not allow 35 points to Washington or get Sam Howell or Jimmy Garoppolo off the field. At some point, these guys, the pro bowlers, the all pros, the veterans, the highly paid players the Broncos are counting on, they have to win on -on one-on-one. They have to just beat their man across his face and make a play. And I criticize, of course, I'm criticizing VJ on a grand scale, but Zach Allen is getting paid a lot of money to produce like a mini J.J. Watt. That's the only thing we've heard all offseason is that he's a mini J.J. Watt, play with him in Arizona, and he's not doing squat. So at some point, him, like everyone else on the defense, just has to nut up and make a freaking play.
2: You know what I saw in obvious pass rushing situations? I saw a five-man front. The edge coming in on the tackles and getting stood up with, with not a ton of pass rush, except for the first series, not being able to beat their guys one-on-one. And then your three down linemen going against interior linemen. I'd really like to see Zach Allen against tackles more often. Um, Just a little bit out, a little bit farther out wide. Um, the, the, uh, the Broncos did bring in a, a, uh, a new player signed to the 53 man active roster. Uh, what can you tell us about Mr. Perkins? Yeah, this is Ronnie Perkins. He's a 2021 third
1: round pick. He spent his entire career thus far in New England, who just uh, uh, they released him at Final Cuts and put him on the practice squad. The Broncos signed him off of the Patriots practice squad onto their 53. They had an opening because Greg Dulcich went on IR. Um, Perkins has never appeared in a regular season game since being drafted so there's that but he was pretty good at Oklahoma two times second team all big 12 and he also worked with Jamar Kane there Jamar Kane now is the Broncos pass rush specialist uh, on the defensive coaching staff I, I look at it as depth along the edge he's Called a defensive end, but he's really an edge player, outside linebacker. So I think with Baron Browning on IR for now, Frank Clark probably out this week, and the rest of the unit not really cutting the mustard, Perkins will come in and uh, be some depth, probably ahead of Thomas and Kuhn.
2: So just procedurally speaking, um, can you tell us what it means when you sign a player from the practice squad? What, What has to happen? You have
1: to put them on your active roster. You can't sign one from the practice squad and put them on your practice squad. So Ronnie Perkins is now on the Broncos 53.
2: And there was a spot opening, as you said, with Greg Dulcich, Dulcich. hitting the short-term IR that has now been filled. Uh, I put the link in there. Um, the, the, it's amazing. Now, there's there's obviously rules to – there's exceptions to every rule. But I went and looked up his combine numbers. Uh, I wanted to see what they were. I'm like, okay, well, those are fairly pedestrian. Um, I, then I was like, okay, how pedestrian were they? I look up his uh, his relative athletic score, as RAS score it was a 5 okay not so good and then i looked in your your right up there and there was a scouting report when he was coming up really questioning his tools and traits and being mm-hmm. able to make the next level and it seemed to me like he was an overreach at third round based on mm-hmm. the traits that he did have and they they found that out it was it's kind of one of those opposite numbers where he had a lot of production but not the physical ability which sometimes that pans out the production would probably warrant a higher draft pick, but the physical ability, especially at edge is tough, man. If you're four, seven shuttle at 250 pounds, you just don't have the side to side to play outside like that. Um, That said he's strong and can do a job setting an edge and helps provide depth for a team that desperately needs some Uh, George Fox coming in with some stars says along with the bad D we could use a better quarterback. Russ was better, but not good enough at 240 million. Now, George, I have a question for you. Do you need a better quarterback to win games, or do you need a quarterback that's worth 250 million to win games? Zach, I'll let you take a stab at that one.
1: It's all relative, in my opinion. Whether <laughs> he's paid $2.45 per year or 245 million, if he's making enough plays and putting you in a position to win, to me, that's good enough. I think. Based on his contract, every fan wants Russ to go you know, 30 for 32 for 506 touchdowns. It doesn't work that way. I know last year he didn't come close to living up to it. I know there's still a lot of questions, but let me put it this way. He has five touchdowns through two games. I think he's tied or has the NFL lead in touchdown passes. He didn't hit that mark until week six last year under Nathaniel Hackett. Russell Wilson, and this is maybe a little bit of a hot take, maybe lukewarm, whatever, he is the furthest thing right now from the Broncos' biggest problem. I said what I said.
2: No, I I, I agree, um, especially considering that his big contract hasn't really even kicked in yet. The big salary cap number hits next year. Uh, out of curiosity, I wanted to add one more to it, but I'm not sure about this. Uh, no, he's not the leading rusher. He's second leading rusher on the team with 57 yards. He led the team in, in rushing last week. I'm like, on top of that, he's leading your team in rushing. Uh, no, he's not. Um, but there is not a 100-yard rusher out there. Zach, we were talking about there was a question here, an apology. I, I, It's kind of gotten lost in the chat. But someone says, you know, what, what about Drew Sanders? We talked about last night, you know, one of my gut reactions was, what what happened to the guys that were making such an impact in the first 20 minutes yeah. of the game drew there were three different players that had sacks in the first two drives marvin mims in the first 17 minutes has two two targets two catches 113 yards finishes the game with two targets two catches 113 yards now if you get shut out that's one thing but to not even try him again get on the ball in a jet sweep do something um Jaleel McLaughlin, oh man, nice touchdown run, five yard touchdown run, finishes the game with one carry for five yards and a touchdown. Drew Sanders is in this too. He was on the field in the first uh, series, finishes the game with four snaps on defense. Was he that bad? You know, was he was he blowing some assignment that was so bad because? Let's see, I don't remember them scoring. They did drive down the field. And they they kicked a field goal in his series out there. Was was he that bad that he couldn't see the field again? Really? coaching you know, she- what's the, what's the phrase? You know, you dance with the girl you brought, something like that. And, you know, you got up twenty-one-three and then said, "Well, this isn't working right. Scrap the whole thing." I'm going to liken it to Jaleel McLaughlin in week one. He had one carry.
1: He had or one uh, reception, no carries. Sean Payton recognized it's a problem not to get the ball to a playmaker, and he rectified that. Jaleel McLaughlin had a rushing touchdown uh, in week two. That's the issue with Drew Sanders. He wasn't used in week one. You spent a, a very high round pick on the guy. His first play in rookie minicamp was a freaking pick six off Ben Zanucci. You have two-dimensional linebackers and Josie Jewell. And Alex Singleton, Drew Sanders is three-dimensional. He can cover, very athletic, very dynamic. Yet you didn't give him more snaps. You didn't follow the same plan the offense followed. You didn't rectify the issue. That, to me, is coaching. Why would Drew Sanders need to be riding the bench? He's only going to get better and reach the ceiling we think he can reach if he plays like every other rookie. If you have a hole in the middle of your defense, if you're lacking speed sideline to sideline, running backs are or gaping you or tight ends are hurting you, how about putting a player on the field that best combats running backs and tight ends and not have them sit on the bench? But Scott, this is symptomatic of who VJ is as a defensive coordinator. And when he was hired, I said, you know, my only worry is he doesn't do what he does. Did in Arizona in Denver again, and in Arizona, he had two very highly drafted guys in Isaiah Simmons and Zavin Collins, and he wasted and ruined both of
2: them. My biggest fear now is that he's doing that to Drew Sanders. Can't even use the lack of opportunity as an excuse. The commanders ran 73 plays, man. They 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 had the ball a ton, they ran a ton of plays. Uh, Only two players, I think there were two players that got every snap on defense. Pat Sertan, three players, Damari Mathis and Justin Simmons. That's to be expected. Um, Damari Mathis might be a little bit of a surprise, but um, you expect Simmons, and usually you expect uh, Jewel and or Singleton to get all of those snaps too, but Singleton was actually subbed out a lot in that game. I didn't remember him getting hurt, but he only had 47 snaps. He usually has 73 of 73. So... Again, there was opportunity to get Drew Sanders involved in the game, and I don't think you always need two like like. We call them in, in, in international soccer. You say a like for like replacement, meaning one guy gets tired, I'm bringing in a guy that's just like him. Singleton and Jewel are very similar. Oh, they're heady, they're smart, they're you know they they make good tackles, they make good reads. I don't need necessarily two of those guys in the middle. I can have Singleton or Jewel. Help Sanders get an idea of what's coming, what's 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 on, where to be. Help coach him up on the field. So, I agree, George. Um, I, about the we uh, got into Sanders of this, but about the the D says Russ was better, but not good enough at two hundred forty-five million. And I'm not sure he's ever going to be. Is is the problem? So therefore, you're you're judging Russell Wilson against an unfair at this point grading scale. Um, that's a lot of money. It's a, it's a harsh judgment. He's been pretty damn good overall. Um, Mike Reno coming in with some stars. Appreciate you, Mike. We we're talking about why didn't Rex Ryan get hired? He says, I think he didn't bring in Rex because he talked too much crap about Wilson. I think that's just a, a symptom, not a cause. The cause is the gigantic ego and the motor mouth. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he just also happened to say this. I, I think, I just think he didn't want the circus, the the circus that would come with Rex Ryan though. Unless it turns around, you know, it how much worse could it be? You know, when when you're talking about the way things are going now, I'd I'd like to have a couple dubs in a circus and then part ways. You know, he's sure he's gonna say a couple things that might embarrass you and cause some tension in the team. This this team could use some tension, they could use some guys to be a little uncomfortable, Zach.
1: You talked about ego, and I think it's also Sean Payton loving to be the, the the big shot in the room at all times. And you bring aboard a person as bombacious as Rex Ryan, who has his own career, his own resume, his own accomplishments. Suddenly, Sean Payton's is not the only big shot in the room. So I think he wanted someone a little more subordinate to him, a little more submissive, and that would be Vance Joseph. But you, you cut off
2: your nose to spite your face because if you just put your ego aside, you could be 2-0 and right now and Alejandro Milan is ready to uh, to make a move right now he said the Broncos go 0 five or worse because of the defense fire Vance and start a rebuild. I, I don't think anything happens with France with France with Vance Joseph midseason um, this defense is regressing by the way you guys rock thank you sir. appreciate you. Um, Ethan the DWI guys has been you know pounding the personnel 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 um, with you know firing Vance and start a rebuild this defense is regressing. And the rebuild would start next year for sure. And, and just getting into the discussion about scheme scheme are, you know, are your players good enough? And Phil, we'll, we'll hit on this one here in a minute too. I see your, your question that if your players, especially your high draft picks are scheme specific, you've got the wrong guys. Um, I, I need guys that are scheme independent. Why? The Broncos have had three different, three different defensive coordinators in the three years I've covered this team and likely will be a fourth next year. I don't want to hear about scheme. I don't want to hear you got this player to fit this scheme because the schemes change year to year to year. I need players that can play. Uh, That's a whole other different discussion about team building that we can get into on another time. Um, But I wanted to follow up with Phil. I appreciate you, Alejandro. He says, I got to kick back a little about the defensive talent. I feel there is enough talent when healthy and given time to develop could be a top rank D we'll see Phil. Those are two different things when healthy and given time to develop. Let me translate that for you. They're not good enough yet. The guys that are out there aren't good enough. They might be one day, but they're not now. That's a translation for you. You just agreed with me. You didn't realize you, you didn't realize it Um, well, let's, let's go through it here real quick. I pulled up the, the depth chart on this starter defensive end, Jonathan Harris, plus or minus, uh, against an average NFL player minus DJ Jones plus or minus minus. plus I go plus two Zach Allen plus or minus. I want to say plus I'd say right now, average. So it doesn't have to be an or so one of those three I'd say about average right now, Randy Gregory. Average. And right now I think he's minus. Josie Jewell. Below. And I think average. Alex Singleton. Average. I'll agree with that. They're they're okay. Uh, Jonathan Cooper. (laughs) For himself, he's above average. I'll say average to be nice. Yeah, and I'll say minus for what you want out of an edge. But for a seventh round draft pick and what you're paying him, he's a plus. But for a starting edge in this league... A minus. He would have a negative war score. Wins against replacement. Damari Mathis. Minus. minus. Kareem Jackson. Minus. minus, minus. Justin Simmons.
1: <laughs> I don't know how to answer that, man. Like, he can be above average one day, and he can be average
2: the next day. Uh, I'm going to say above don't kill me, y'all. I'll still go plus on Justin Simmons, but if you want to give Jonathan Cooper a nod for being a value pick, then you got to give him the knock for being the highest paid safety in the league. Right? And finally, on your 12th man, Nickel right now is saying Bassey. Below. He's probably a minus two. And let's not get into the second team. You won't like it. <laughs> All minuses. So again, it's... It's we get tunnel vision when we follow our teams, and fans is short for fanatical. I get it. There's tunnel vision. There's 31 other teams out there that are trying to get better every week too. And when you compare against the teams you're playing against, the personnel on defense is not a plus unit. In fact, right before the season, we came out and someone said there wasn't a plus unit on this team. We, We took exception to that, but we only came up with like three that were, that were above average. So. Right now, no. The talent isn't good enough to be a championship caliber team. However, it is good enough to be 2-0. and So both things can be true at the same time. Appreciate you, Phil, as always. Michaela coming in. So what is Sean Payton's record or how often did they make the playoffs when they didn't start off well the first four games? Uh, there was so much. People forget how good the NFC South was when uh, the heyday of the New Orleans Saints. So if you didn't start well, They went like seven straight years with a different uh, NFC South champion. They put all four teams in the Super Bowl in like an eight-year span. Um, I think two of them won it. I think the Saints and the Bucks won it. The Panthers, hey, you should remember that one. And the Falcons, you should remember that one too. Um, Lost, you're welcome. Um, So if they started off 0-2, they probably didn't make the playoffs because the the, 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 the NFC South was a beast back when, when he was there, for the most part, exceptions obviously. Um, but it was brought up the Broncos have never made the playoffs starting 0 2 Zach. I saw a uh, stat today that said
1: the Broncos have the best point differential, minus three of any 0 2 team, I believe in history or at least recent history. And the second team on that list was pretty sure the Bucks, the 2013 Bucks, something like that, they finished the year four and twelve. Not saying the Broncos are going to finish with that, but when you start 0-2, historically, it's such a big hole to climb out of, and especially when you're 0-2 against two of your easiest, quote-unquote, opponents that you'll see all year. So Sean Payton has historically, you know, in in New Orleans, started it off a little slowly before getting going, but if you're holding on hope for a wild-card berth, if you're holding on hope for 12-5 and or 11-6, and
2: I would maybe breathe, not hold your breath. The good news is you've got more games, game, you have a more game, 17 makes a difference and you've got more, you've got more, uh, spots open in the playoffs. So some of those have never will never, those will change because the, the structure has changed. Um, you know, they, they changed the rules on us, y'all. Um, no asterisks on this, uh, you know, 61 home runs, uh, Ronnie Ray, appreciate you coming in. Good to see you. He says, good evening, Broncos country, Zach and Scott. Tanking shouldn't even be in our vocabulary. Our history, culture, and sheer love for our team says that we are better than that. Uh, hashtag Buckham, hashtag Broncos for life. Uh, and, and I agree. And I don't think you are. Again, <clears throat> when I was watching the Arizona Cardinals jump out to a 28 0 lead and throw it away, I'm like, oh, yeah, someone got the memo down to the coaching staff that their goal is to be 0 17 this year. I, that's not the case here. That's not the case with the Broncos they just blew a game and there's growing pains right now. It's a lot of pain, but again, Zach, I got asked at the, at the beginning of the season before it you know, over the summertime. So what are your expectations for the year? And I said, my expectations are competency. And even if the, yeah. even if the Broncos, it's like, I don't know what the win loss is going to be. This is what I'll predict, but I'm not guaranteeing that. What I feel is you'll see a much better team. And I don't think, despite how bad the win losses feel right now at 0-2, you've seen progression so far. So, no, you're not tanking. You got a chance. You got that sliver of hope that you can go into Miami and turn the whole thing around in 60 freaking minutes. We got kind of a uh,
1: con- conspiratorial question yesterday. Uh, were the Broncos all along showcasing Russ only to trade him away and start the rebuild with the quarterback that Peyton wants? No, and I don't think tanking is part of the... Plan or part of the script, as it were, in Denver. Either these are very proud players who've unfortunately gotten accustomed to losing and not making the playoffs, and they were really banking on that changing this year. But I don't want to talk in the past tense too much, Scott, because as you just talked about, they win in Miami, which is it's not impossible. They're not the eighty-five mm-hmm. Bears, and even the eighty-five Bears have their weaknesses as well. If you watch the Patriots game last night, the Patriots and Dolphins. Matt Jones and company had a chance to come back and seal that game. They didn't do it, but Miami is far from infallible. And if the Broncos just get out of their own way and VJ grows a brain and the defense can get <laughs> off the field, they can really take down Miami. And you know what? If they do that game on baby.
2: And they did miss a field goal at the beginning. For some reason, I thought I saw a three Oh lead by the, the Washington and I was rewatching the game. Um, Thank you, Ronnie. Uh, certainly appreciate it. Uh, George Fox following up on a, the Russ, you know, not being good enough and, you know, all this. He says, Russ was great in the first half, a joke in the second. Um, okay, but how many times did they score in a row? Starting with uh, the end of, that's third quarter. So second quarter here, oh, that's end of game. So I'm not, anyway, I'm not, it was like five or six in a row. Russ was great in the second half. A first half, a joke in the second. Insert name for Russ for the Denver Broncos, and it's a true statement. Again, the quarterback's getting too much pressure or or too much credit when things go well, and too much blame when they go wrong. He didn't blow an 18-point lead. They scored 33 points, even if one of them was, you know, on a hail mary, which is rightly considered one of these. They they scored a enough points to win the game. They did their jobs overall. They could have done better. Of course, there's always room for improvement, but again, which po- who looked great in the second half while the, the, uh, the, the commanders were marching up and down and, and just ringing up points like a lottery machine.
1: That was the point that I was going to make. You stole it right from my mouth, Scott. Um, <laughs> it's
2: everyone. the advantage of getting to read these. As I read <laughs> these, I get to take first crack at it.
1: No, that's why I love potting with you, bro, because we tend to be in lockstep a lot with the Broncos and kind of uh, having more realistic takes and pragmatic takes. And I agree again once more about about the whole offense. I mean, no, no player was really good. They were gangbusters in the first half. And I turned around and I said, holy crap. Who, who were these people? Who was this offense? Like, what are we doing here? But you give your team, no matter – they went into a shell. I get that. They weren't good enough in the second half. I get that. Uh, Russell Wilson was not good enough. He turned the ball over twice. Sean Payton wasn't good enough with his play calling, going away from Mims and company. But you know how I feel? If you give your defense at home a 21-3 to lead and you're playing a quarterback who's making his first career road start, once again, you're at home in that mile-high environment – I feel like 21-3, to three, it should be enough for the defense to take care of, not, uh, not for the defense to allow Washington to chip away, chip away, chip away, and finally blow the game open. So, yeah, the entire offense was bad in the second half. They lost their momentum. They got conservative, yada, yada. I just don't know, unless you have an agenda, George, and maybe you do, how you only single out
2: Russ from 11 other, 10 other players on the field. Well, and it's not like they completely went away. Um, you know, it's 21-21. You know, having the chance to double up was blown. at the. I've got the ball the end of the second quarter. I get the ball at the beginning of the uh, third, and I do nothing with it. Three and out. Go backwards. Um, interception, that's bad. Okay, it's tied up now. I get a field goal to go back ahead. I've taken back momentum, right? It's 24-21. Man, we blew this lead. It's 21-21. But I got it back. Five plays, 75 yards later, they score again. And then what happens? You get the ball back to him and Okay, you didn't go back. There's still time. They go down and score again and go up two scores. You know, the defense has to be accountable at some point. It it, it just – was Russ perfect? No. Was he – the only reason that this game was lost? Come on, guys. It's not – like I said before, about – all of the different arguments. It's not binary. It's not one or the other. It's it's just not. He can't get fixated on that stuff. Scott Busby coming in with a couple of them here. I'm going to read them both. Say, I agree with momentum. It's like when they went up 21 to three, the team thought we got this game over. You got to finish. Um, and then followed up when we were talking about, Doesn't you know, the team is better. There, there's no question that things are Forward from where they were last year from an execution from a hell from an entertainment standpoint, for God's sakes. Uh Scott says, We are so much better than last year. We just have to learn to finish. And thank you so much for the the stars, my friend. Appreciate you with all of the support. Ryan comes in, and this is why they're called the football priests, Ryan. I'd like to apologize for my negative rants on Russ last night, knowing he did not lose that game. VJ and the defense let us down. I just picked out Russ in dead of my frustration, and now she be healed. Keep up the great work, guys. Denver Broncos for life. Let's get right. Now, Russell had his share of it, too. No one comes out from a game like that with their hands clean. I watched a 28-3 fall down in, on the biggest stage, and people came out of that blaming Matt Ryan. You got to be kidding me. Now, could Matt Ryan have made a play here or there to to be better, to make sure that that game didn't happen? Yeah, but with 16, 17 minutes to go and a 28-3 to lead, I ain't putting it on the quarterback, y'all. But that doesn't mean that they are completely blameless. It's not – I've used this phrase like 10 times tonight. Good Lord. We're going to have to hashtag it and put on a shirt. Binary. (laughs) Not either or. Plenty to go around. Everybody's hands are dirty. Isn't that what Sean Payton said? A little bit of dirt on everybody's hands in a game like that, y'all. Appreciate you, Ryan. Thank you for for coming back in,
1: Ryan. Consider yourself absolved, my son, because <laughs> it's that's why we call it the gut reaction. It's to air your emotions and to be emotional and to as Chad likes to say, get your hormones out. But I respect you for owning up to the fact that you singled out Russ and you um had some sort of agenda that you wanted to push one way or the other. You realize though that it wasn't Russ, most people smart fans realize it wasn't Russ. It was the defense. So I, I give you a lot of credit for, uh, for admitting that.
2: And, uh, big stars, Scott Busby as well. So thank you, my thank you, friend, Scott. uh, Michael Ranquio comes in. He says, I will vouch for cornerbacks coach, Christian Parker as the Broncos next defensive coordinator. Defensive players are loving to play for him. Okay. I, I believe Michael Ranquillo has done his research. He does as much research as anybody in the chat and stuff, but If I'm looking at this as an outsider looking in, what have I seen from Christian Parker, the cornerbacks coach, that makes me think, yeah, that's got to be the guy? Have we seen positive, have we seen progression? I guess positive regression, huh? Progression from the quarterback, cornerbacks. We know Pat Sertan. I I could go coach cornerbacks, and Pat Sertan's going to be an all pro. Damari Mathis, Fabian Moreau is out there, whose freaking decision is to have Fabian Moreau out on the field. That's a fireable offense. Um, and then there's been injuries, of course I know, but what, what makes, I guess what I'm asking is other than hearsay, why is Christian Parker qualified to be, and why would I be excited about him being the next defensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos? Well,
1: number one, he's the whole secondary coach. So uh, you you throw Simmons and, uh, I guess Caden Stearns in there and PJ Locke and those players, and you've seen some. Incremental development. I don't think I agree with you, Scott. It's anything to warrant giving him the defensive coordinator job. But number two, uh, to make an argument for him, you know why? Simply put, his name isn't Vance Joseph. I mean, I can take you, Scott, or Sean, your boy, and put him, give him a headset. I guarantee you they would not give up 35 to Sam Howell on the commander's offense. It it quite literally is a case, in my opinion, I might be biased, whatever. It might be a case that Vance Joseph was quite literally the worst man for the job. He was the worst candidate of anyone you could have picked to run that defense so there's always that that exciting prospect of the unknown of, of, of like the, the backup quarterback for example that's Christian Parker on the Broncos coaching staff but I agree with you I haven't seen enough jump uh, from a collective standpoint for him to warrant that position
2: yeah I'm not saying Michael's wrong I just you know again I'm, I don't have all the answers I will ask questions I will ask why is two feet in bounds if it's your toes not a catch if you're if your ass is facing the sidelines, that happened. Never seen that rule before. Never heard it before. That's ridiculous. Um, if you were watching Packers Falcons, I learned something. I don't have all the answers. So I, I want to know. I'm not making any accusations, Michael, as you know, just for everybody else out there. Um, you've said bias a couple of times, and it reminds me of one of my favorite phrases that I coined when I was doing scouting and we will still do it all the time. You used it earlier talking about, um, uh, Rex Ryan, you know, and he's got, actually, I use it in my head because I want to use this phrase when he's talking about the Broncos defense. He's incredibly biased because he got passed over for the job. So he's a little bit, you know, spurned. Doesn't mean he's wrong. (laughs) Everybody's biased and what makes our personalities, what makes us who we are. And unbiased does not exist. Recognizing your bias and trying to compensate for it is something else. He's incredibly biased. He's pissed off he didn't get the job. Doesn't mean he's wrong. Um, and you know, we were biased against, I wasn't necessarily, I say we, the royal we, were biased against Vance Joseph when he got the job based on past interactions and past history, biased, influenced, created an opinion of Vance Joseph. Didn't mean we were wrong. Didn't mean we were wrong. Keith Brugman coming in here, and this is about going to – we've got a, just a couple minutes left, so if you've got any burning desires, make sure you get them in before we get out of here. Uh, but Keith comes in. He says, can I just say that Zach and Scott is a killer pairing on MHH. Appreciate the knowledge, gentlemen. We love doing it. Um, I, I don't want to speak for Zach. I have a blast when I pod, when I get to guest on the Every MHH time. shows with Zach and Chad. I have a, I have a great time on the show, so I appreciate y'all having me. You can absolutely
1: speak for me, Scott. Like I just said, I love podcasting with you. It's it's always a great conversation. And like I said, we, we tend to see eye to eye, and it's good to be in lockstep and hopefully change some people's minds out there and get you thinking a little more objectively. Uh,
2: George Fox had one more in there, just kind of... St- I, I can't find it here, George. I apologize. I'm just going to have to read it. Here it is. He says, I said we need a better D. It was not all Russ's fault. He didn't play even good in the second half. Again, insert name. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put up the uh, the Price Is Right dollar wheel up there, and I'm gonna put Broncos names on that, I'm gonna spin it. Zach Allen. I said we need a better D. It was not all Zach Allen's fault. He didn't even play good in the second half. Should I spin it again? Because I'm not gonna be wrong. Keep Pat spinning. Sertan, maybe if you hit the the dollar sign, and you go ding 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 ding. You hit Pat Sertan. You didn't get one wrong. That might be about it. But otherwise, the Broncos played like ass in the second half. That's how you enter you're from mid-second quarter on. It's how you blow a 21-3 to lead. So I'm not saying that Russell didn't play great. I'm not saying he didn't play bad. I'm just saying he wasn't alone, man. He wasn't alone out there. It's easier to name who actually played good for the Broncos, especially on offense yesterday. It'd be fun going through the PFF and be able to sort by half. Oh, there's a, I might tag them on that say listen can I go first half second half on this you give grades and I know you are you are um just because you know I call it a seat of the pants analytics I know what my eyes are telling me I, I like to put some numbers next to it PFF number Zach who are the two worst graded players on offense I know the best one I I, I didn't see the
1: uh the the he's got to be on the bottom
2: that's one that's one Bowls, Bulls. That's how that I know? Because you know, you know, and that's when you, you, your your eyes tell you, and then you can use the numbers to back it up. And then when you trust the numbers, now I can see, okay, I didn't pay as close attention to Lloyd Cushenberry. Okay. He graded at about 69, which was the highest ranked offensive lineman. Okay. I did watch Ben Powers and I thought Ben Powers played a lot better than his grade. So you, 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 you trust, but verify type of things. And then if I don't trust, then i better verify um oh god that that holding penalty on ben powers that right before the fumble mm. that happened my yeah. god i was starting to write down on my notes beautiful pancake block from ben powers that's what you're paying 10 million a year for Psych. holding number 74 <laughs> what are you kidding me that that's
0: was so gorgeous something.
2: That's how it goes. We watch offensive line play, was for a block
1: like that. That's how it goes. Oh. The refs were terrible yesterday, not blaming them, but they were, I'm not going to say biased, but there was some sort of a proclivity toward being kind to the commanders. Do uh, you know who was the highest graded Bronco on offense yesterday, Scott? I'm sure you well, know. I,
2: I, I looked at it, so I remember Marvin Mims.
1: Marvin Mims.
2: Mm-hmm. Two targets.
1: T- two targets of him. Highest graded player, had a 90-point-something rating. So it's a coaching issue on both sides yesterday. It's VJ, yes, but Sean Payton did not have his finest hour in the second half.
2: I don't remember defense. Um, Josie Jewell was an 87 on 65 snaps. Jonathan Cooper came in at a 78. Um, His pass rush came in at 84.4. I don't know that I agree about that one, man. Uh, Purcell did okay. Jonathan Harris came in okay. Pat Sertan came in at a 69.5. I, think they th- I feel like they th- went away from Pat Sertan. Just like, yeah. listen, we're going to beat somebody else. Drew Sanders and his four snaps. Randy Gregory is 67.8 again. That's okay. 67.8 is a bad average. On 13 million, that's not good enough. Um, he needs to be up in that 78 to 85 range. That's what you paid him for. Um, and after that, it's it gets yellow and and red. Very last one, eight plays. How do you? How do you have such a negative impact on a game at cornerback on eight plays? He played eight plays, gave up two first down on holding plays. Fabian Moreau. I won't say Fabian Moreau anymore unless it's to say Fabian Moreau is no longer with the Denver Broncos. I've made my point on him. MKT Medhead, $5 super chat coming in with a super sticker. Thank you, my friend. Uh, Feels like a newer name or at least one I don't recognize as much. So welcome welcome in um and you might be new to me so it's good to see you good to meet you if if, uh haven't gotten to do that before somebody who's going to get us out of here tonight who is always on our side was michael ranquillo he says great show tonight zach and scott on the mile high huddle podcast aftermath the day after go broncos and buckham with zach you get us out of here man i'm getting tired yeah, I got you. We got
1: one more from Cody Dub at the uh, 11th hour, $2 super. Thank you, Cody. Cody says, rookies that look good and got pulled. That's BS. Like I said, you know, with, I talked about Marvin Mims. I love Sean Payton. Uh, the offense is is looking so much better. Certainly not the, the weakness of the team anymore, but he got away from, like you said, the, the girl that took him to the dance or whatever the expression is. He got away from you his strengths. Who, you, you dance with who brung you? He he wasn't dancing. He was sitting in the corner watching, and he can't do that. He has to just keep dancing, keep cutting cutting up a rug, and not take your players out that had got you to that point. So, Cody, I tend to
2: agree with what you're saying. But, oh, sorry. We got Uh, MKT came in with a super sticker and then a comment. I wanted to make sure we read his comment before we get out of here. MKT
1: Medhead, all of Broncos Country kept saying last year, RD is great. If Russ could only put up 20 plus points, we'd be good. Now Russ on the offense is starting to figure things out. Stop freaking hating on Russ. MKT, I don't know if you caught the episode last night. Scott, I said this to you. I was looking right at you when I said it. We would have killed this time last year to get this level of Russell Wilson. Still not Seattle, Russ. Maybe not $245 million, Russ. But certainly what I was hoping for uh, would materialize is materializing now.
2: Yep. And uh, with that note, uh, Zach, why don't you, uh, I think we're clear. We're out night to everybody. That was a tremendous episode
1: of the MHH podcast. If you're not doing so, please follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at mile high huddle, Scott at scout Kennedy, myself at Calberman NFL and Chad. Don't forget about him. He'll be back Thursday at Chad and Jensen. If you guys want some merch, like we're always rocking, check it out right now. MHH Get yourself some Buckham swag. When you get a moment, And also give us a like at facebook.com slash mile high huddle pod on Instagram. You can follow us at mile underscore high underscore huddle. And if you haven't, make sure you're leaving your football priest and our Deacon Scott, a five star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, y'all please, please, please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans
2: just like you. Oh, I'm way off.
1: Way that was me off. that.
2: Time. I'm, I'm I'm way off on that. Let's do a change just, up. just a reminder, Nick will be back tomorrow with me on Broncos for breakfast. If you haven't gotten your fill, I get to interview Nick this time. It's you've heard enough from me, so I want to I want to hear what he has to say about everything. I uh, want to say thank you to our our Super Chat superstars. Sam coming in early, Duke Rose, Stu, David, Troy, Alejandro, Michaela, Ronnie, Ryan and Cody. Thank you so much for coming in then I know we had Michael George coming in several times. Uh, Lawrence Scott Busby coming with some big boy stars. Keith Brugman. Thank you, um, Michael again, George Fox again. And uh, I know Scott, I think that's a that's about everybody that came in. And Colby C. Collier. Um, and actually, I missed this one. So one more before we get out of here, Colby. So it seems like we're in preseason mode. Players getting one snap. Well, two, you know, they might get two um and then playing one half and not the other it's messy yeah and and i remember i know i didn't get that because that's a great comment you know it feels like preseason hey great job marvin we've seen all we need to see get hit the showers and relax take the second half off i i agree with you on that colby that was a a great comment i think
1: drew sanders and his four snaps would agree as well. We'll have to hope that's rectified in week three at Miami, but the MHH podcast is off until Thursday night. Chad will be back in the saddle. Scott, check him out tomorrow with Nick on Broncos for breakfast. Have a great rest of your Monday. Take care. And as always go Broncos
0: head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.